Storyhouse Childless takes place on Saturday the 23rd and Sunday the 24th of September at the Garrett Theatre in Chester in the UK. It's two days of events designed to explore living without children to build community, meet new people and hear other people's personal stories. And we're delighted to be there over the weekend and recording the Full Stop podcast live on stage on the 24th. And yes, Michael is joining us all the way from Australia in person. So this is a big event for us. Now, Storyhouse Live gave us Weekend Pass to give away in a competition and loads of you entered this. We were completely overwhelmed by entries and thank you to everyone who took part and answered our question, which we hope wasn't too tricky. Sandra McNichol is our winner. Congratulations, Sandra. She's coming all the way over from Spain. It's amazing. And she's a great supporter of the podcast and really loves what we do. And she also loves World Childless Week and all the events that go on in our community. So we're delighted that she's got the opportunity to come and see us and to meet lots of you too. So well done, Sandra. Thank you to everyone who entered. And we look forward to seeing you at Chester. If you would like to talk anything else about Chester or you want to find out what we're getting up to, then please do check out our website and come and join the Full Stop community. It's our private space open to everyone who identifies as childless. It's diverse, it's safe, it's supportive and inclusive. In there, we share resources, ask questions, celebrate wins, attend all our podcast events live so when we record it you can come and be in our audience as well it's just amazing and we love it but then we're biased and um, we'd love to have you there with us as well um, and you can do a bit more planning around your um, time at Chester if you're coming along with us and if you're not then you can find out more about it and we'll share some probably some live stuff in there when we're actually all together um, so you'll get to see all of that first so yes thank you very much to everyone who entered we wish to acknowledge the Dharawal people, the traditional custodians of the land that some of this podcast was produced on, and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and those emerging. Giving yourself the permission to say no. What, what did someone say last night on our hive call? No is a sentence. No mm. is a whole sentence. <laughs> I like that. Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast, a childless community podcast with Sarah Lawrence, Berenice Smith and me, Michael Hughes. Now sadly, Berenice wasn't able to be with us on this episode. She was taking a much needed break in an area with no internet access. And if this is your first time here, our podcast delves into the many facets that make up the childless identity, as well as what is going on in the wider childless community. And our hope is that with all our special guests, we can help you craft your own narrative and what it means to be part of the childless community. And we also aim to educate those who are not childless so they can begin to understand and support those in their lives who may be facing life without children. Now in this episode, we are going to talk to Cecilia and Janine from Denmark and we're going to talk about friendship, community and giving ourselves permission. Now a warning... There is a mention of pregnancy loss and stillbirth. So please, go gently. So today we're going to talk about uh, friendship and community, which obviously is something really important for, for us in the childless community. But I'm going to shut up and I'm going to ask Cecilia and Janine, who are you and what do you do? Want to go first, Cecilia? 
Okay, I can go first. Yeah, thanks, Denise. So my name is Cecilia Reibild, and uh, and I'm Danish. I live uh, near Copenhagen, um, and I'm childless, not by choice, of course. Um, and um, I used to work a lot. In, I used to work in corporate uh, uh, and working with HR and change. And uh, the last couple of years, I've transitioned into having my own company, and I work with. I actually talked about that, thought about that I work within the liminal space, I could say, because I help people in their transitions and transitioning from if they've been let go, uh, been let go of uh, and have to find a new job or in a new leadership position and so. So in these kind of transitions and Janine and I, we met each other uh, via the online B course uh, led by Karen Enfield uh, back in 2020. So we'll come back a bit more to that uh, and what we do around uh, that as well. So Janine, maybe you will continue. I think you have a special greeting as well, maybe we've talked about yes, that. Yes, this was for um, Berenice. So, um, tenakoto katoa, greetings to all. For Auraki te maunga, ko wai makariri te awa, te wan ponamu te moana, no ototahi, kuku pakra papakainga, ko janine, aho, tihei maori ora. So I'm Janine and I'm from Aotearoa, New Zealand, and it's our practice really um, in New Zealand to give a wee what we call a mihi in Māori, and that's to introduce ourselves, but it's in connection with our mountain. I, I just gave out the mountain that I grew up near, the river that I grew up near, the sea, and where I grew up, um, and obviously my name, because that's very important in, in New Zealand society to show our where we come from and our connections and also I put something in the community for and Berenice particularly liked it so I wanted to say that for her so yeah I'm Janine um also obviously childless not by choice I kind of regard myself though as coming to this place pretty much by circumstance actually um I spent the best part of my reproductive years single um about 11 years on my own, just not meeting the right person. And then I met my Danish partner, who I'm still with, in my early 40s. And um, we suffered uh, three miscarriages um, in a row um, over a period of 12 months. Pretty brutal. Um, I was, we decided not to continue because it seemed to be um, age-related. I was almost 44 when I had the last miscarriage. Um, and I was, I felt like I was in the middle of mummy land where I felt quite unsupported and um, not around a lot of empathy for my situation and everyone I knew um, had children or were pregnant and both of us love to travel. So we thought, well, what can we do now that we are childless and can't have um, children? We, we would like to travel. So we took a bit of a... Um, looking back on it, I think a bit of a drastic uh, measure and moved to the other side of the world and that is to Denmark where my partner's from and um, something that was meant to be like you know two three maybe four years has ended up being 10 years <laughs> as these things can happen um, and so this yeah we moved in 2012 I didn't really deal with my childlessness I don't think Although I knew it was sort of there, various things would get me upset. Um, and then I just stumbled across the uh, an advertisement for the online B, as Cecilia said, back in, I think it was the end of 19. 
and we started it in 2020. Um, Online B is a year-long course, Finding Your Plan B, that Jodie Day um, created in Gateway Woman, as it was back then, and it was facilitated wonderfully by Karen. Anyway, um, so we did that for a year, and I think it was online. We were all based in Europe, but I think Cecilia and I were the only ones that lived in the same city. So we were really lucky in that respect and managed to finally meet in the summer of that year, um, COVID lockdowns, et cetera. And um, we've been friends ever since. And at the end of the online B, so a year later in early 21, we thought we would try, we would like to create um, a little community here in Denmark to support other childless women in Denmark. And we've managed to do that. We've got a little group going um it was a slow burner for sure and one picnic in fact that we organized to celebrate I think what's the final day of world childless week we are yes. we are worthy day is it mm. yeah we organized the wee picnic advertised quite widely and it was only Cecilia and I <laughs> but things have happened but one year late one year late oh sorry sorry go ahead the one year later yes one year later we actually organized the picnic again and we were Six people, I think. Yeah. So it's happening, and it's a nice mixture of, by you know, childless by circumstance, childless not by choice, uh, older woman, younger woman, and also pretty much half international and half Danish woman. So um, yeah, that's me for now. Wow, I mean that's such a change, isn't it? Going from that must have been that must have been soul destroying that first one. We oh, it's just us. But I'm curious, these kind of these these meetups, you know, I talk to a lot of women and it's it's hard, isn't it, to bond over childlessness because we are we, we've all got such different backgrounds, different stories, albeit we're in the same community. How, how did you two connect out of curiosity? What was it that brought you together? Because geographically, you know, we could all live in the same city and be potentially childless, couldn't we? But what, what was the spark that really got you two interested in your friendship do you feel yeah we we, we reflected <laughs> upon that as well because that one of my reflections is also that just because we're childless doesn't mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to become friends just I mean uh, as you say as well Sarah so I think for me friendship is also about feeling a, a connection with somebody else and I and I instantly felt a connection with Janine when both online but also meeting her face to face uh, we used to travel a lot, so that the whole travel thing was one of the things that connected we, me with Janine as well. And then I think also we have a shared interest in in writing. Um, um, so I think that's part of it as well. Um, we try and I, encourage I, each other to, to get on with, we've got respective writing projects underway and both of us have been quite slack and trying to... <laughs> encourage each other to get on 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 with it um but both of us have actually had something published in um in danish media so i had something published in a national uh, media uh, national newspaper about uh I, it was called it was uh, called missing a missing uh it was a whole topic about missing and i talked about uh, wrote about missing missing having children and so getting the connections about that and and Janine you had a, a piece published in the international newspaper in Denmark so I yeah. think the whole writing thing and exploring how 
how we can connect about writing. And yeah, so that's part of it, I think. That's part of the, the answer. And also, um, to be honest, you know, right up until the online day, um, so we moved here in 2012. I think my last miscarriage was in 2010. So it's a long time ago now, but um, I had never been open about my childlessness. Um, I was, as I wrote in the article for the international paper here, I, I felt like I was very complicit in the taboo around it. But, you know, um, you know the whole sh shrouding it all and, you know, a sort of um, shamed kind of silence um, that I was part of that, perpetuating that, but, you know, also, of course, understanding how hard it is for us to speak about this openly. But when it came to the Childless Week in that year of the online bay 2020, and, and Cecilia wrote this piece in the international, uh, sorry, in the in a, in a big Danish uh, paper, she also translated it into English. And for the first time ever on Facebook, I shared it and said that this is, you know, an article from my friend. I don't know what, what did I say about her childlessness and experience shared by me or something like this. I can't remember now. And that was the first kind of um, outing, is that what we call it, of being childless. And, um, and, you know, it got such a response that people had no idea what had gone on behind the scenes me they thought I was just swanning around Europe on a motorbike living the life of Riley um you know it was a good life but I the reason why I was in Denmark was because um I, I had you know lost these pregnancies and, and couldn't face being around mothers and whatnot but new mothers my friends um so and that has started and from there on in I've just shared a lot of stuff on the site you know articles that I think really sum up and, and um, you know advocating for our our seat at the table basically particularly around the workplace and then you know around aging and and, and, and how society perceives us I'm, I'm really wanting to change the to help change the narrative on how society sees us childless people um so and, and I thank Cecilia for that you know that was she inspired, I was inspired, she's written this thing, I put it out, and then I, as she said, I wrote my own thing, which then I also put out there as well. And I've just got some amazing support from friends, um, both childless um, and, and a lot of mothers, actually, from very uh, mother friends from, from really unexpected places um, and opening up some really good conversation with a lot of my mother friends that I never would have. Um, so the, the writing and um yeah being inspired by Cecilia I think the inspiration and yeah motivation and and the guts the guts to do this and knowing that I had Cecilia and the rest of uh what, what do we call it the online uh, online hive. hive we call it a group of um that were doing the the year-long course together I had that all behind me so that if supporting me so that if I got any pushback or any nasty comments that I, I knew where I could go to find support so and and I've been writing ever since so I really really thank Cecilia for doing for inspiring me on that one yeah and I, I and I think I wouldn't have been able to to publish these pieces if I hadn't been I mean been part of the online B and if we hadn't talked about these things genuine so I've mm. so the trust and I've yeah from from you and and also from the others in the online B course and I've because 
it's also getting closer to each other and understanding each other's stories and really I, I thought about it this morning as well it's about really feeling safe with somebody else and I really feel safe uh, with you Janine mm. uh, yeah. and I think too we we didn't mention that um Cecilia and I did the online course and mainly for the running of 2020 but um the course and this is a great thing the course is so dense and full of such great material to absorb and take in and um, exercises to do that our little hive has stuck together. So we still meet every month and we're now in the fourth year of the online bee. Um, so we meet every month and one of us or two of us um, volunteer to host um, a session and we, we take ourselves back through it. But, you know, quite often life, gets in amongst it all and we just deal with um, particular difficulties or things that are happening in people's lives but and then actually I forgot to say we met recently in Reading in the UK for a weekend um, some some of the women in the hive that could make it which was absolutely um, special it was very cool so that has been wonderful and I, I don't know if for you, Cecilia, but for me, I'm sure these are friends for life. And and one of I am moving back to Australia. Um, I was saying before we started recording, uh, we plan to move back after the northern um, summer, so quite soon. And I think one of the biggest things, and I have a bit of grief and a bit of ooh about this massive move. And I think one of the biggest things is losing um, the ability to meet up with the hive that living in Europe, you know, allows um, and meeting up with Cecilia, obviously, too. Um, but it would be a good reason for us to come down under. <laughs> yes, the next <laughs> one's down under. And we actually we actually reached out to the Hive in relation to this podcast recording this morning about what they have got out of childless um, friendships and they really reinforce a lot of, you know, the belonging, the comfort that they feel and just being immediately understood, um, cheering each other along quite a lot, um, the showing of compassion to each other, um, being able to really, really take deep dives into conversations, you know, literally without children interrupting or hijacking the conversation or, you know, um, friendships that are really, really deep that we might not necessarily have with friends that we've even known for decades. I know that I feel like that. Um, and quite often quite existential questions come up, you know, um, and particularly, you know, about ageing. We, we'll talk a, little, a lot about ageing without children and how to plan for that. And, um, yeah. I don't want to break the thread because this is quite a beautiful conversation but i know there's a lot of people going to be saying what is what is that online b so at one at one point there was a, there was this online course that was hosted by jody day and karen enfield it was hosted through the gateway women and it was only for for women who were childless not by choice and it was a whole year course uh, with different topics each month um and we would have exercises and reading materials, and then we would meet once a month to discuss these things. Did I cover it more or less, Janine? Yeah, and I think one of the beautiful things, and also another connection with Cecilia, 
one of the beautiful things that the course does is take you through a um, letting go, I think they call it the letting go session, a letting go ceremony where the hive was broken up into smaller groups and we online wrote letters to our children um, that we never had. And then with each other, we read them out um, to each other. And then ceremoniously, we burnt them in a candle and we've all done different things with our the ashes from our letters. And Cecilia and I happened to be actually on the same, um, in the same group. So we sort of witnessed that, and which I thought was very, very powerful. Um, I remember when I was writing it, writing, I wrote, I wrote screeds to my three unborn children. Um, she's not going to make us write read these out, is she? And <laughs> and she did. But I think it was a really, really um, Karen. It is. We we did read them out, and as one of us later said, you know, she could really see the mother in all of us when we read out our letters. So Cecilia and I have been through that together. And I think, um, if I'm not wrong, I think we were the second to last cohort that was offered this course. And I don't think it's, well, I know for a fact it's not offered anymore. And I think it, I think all of us in the hive think it's a, a real shame. It was just one of the most transformative experiences that we could ever have gone through for that year. And then as a result, creation was lifelong relationships or friendships um and anyone listening out there who's in a position i would strongly advise that some sort of course similar course be created because it is just um yeah and i think one of just to add oh sorry there you go i think one of the real strengths was that it was just not just a weekend or uh, two days or something but it, we kept connecting over a full year and so so in that way, we could come back and connect and develop and come back and so on. I think that was really one of the, and I and I agree. I get I, when I talk about the ceremony about the letting go ceremony, I get all um, emotional now. Um, I think it was very very strong. It was one of but but so that part, but also the that it wasn't it was that it was for a whole, for a whole year was very uh, good. I think. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, feel very. I think we all feel very privileged that we had that opportunity. Actually, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, what I'm struck by is <clears throat> it sounds as though that course facilitated a depth then to your relationship, not just in terms of just you know sort of talking at a surface level. It was, I guess, you had to witness each other's grief in that moment. And yes. I wonder as well whether that informed your article, Cecilia, about missing, because that, that doesn't sound like a surface article to me. That sounds like quite a deep um, sort of, as you say, yeah. sort of existential quality to it. Yes, I think I, I think absolutely did because and I and I um, and I reread it this morning. Um and um, and I and I did think it it informed it and I think the whole part about and I I ended by talking about I don't want to make a happy ending in the story either about missing because kind of talking to or write into about that then we could expect that we then talk about this happy life that that we travel more or have a fantastic career or something spectacular because then we can do that and but then I talk into that but I 
but we are still missing. But um, and uh, but we are but we are moving and touching each other's uh, lives by 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 being with others and being open about how it is and maybe breaking some more taboos. And then I then I and it, it now it starts being. Uh, I don't want to. I would start sounding. Like I want to brag, and I don't want to brag. It sounds. It sounds strange, but um, that um, the last part was uh, that I don't only that I don't only miss, but I also give because we give these uh, this this stuff stuff to each other that we break taboo. So that was, and I and I'm not explaining it very well in English, but um, but it's just about is that we are not just missing out, but we are not having. We don't necessarily need to have a spectacular life, but we are just, if we can give something else by by being there for others and having that depth as you talk about, Sarah, then that's, I, for me, that's really something that's, yeah, existential, for example. And I think mm. maybe touching upon that and also re-reading -re it, I think when we started our, we called it this unknown place, uh, our Instagram profile and the the whole, thing about our meetups and so we started it and then then I suddenly lost uh, the hearing on one one ear uh, overnight and it was um, yeah, that's another loss and I think it was that's disenfranchised grief connected to that as well because a lot of people don't understand that um, plus it's so, invisible it's also invisible and it's about re reliving the grief again but it's but I was just thinking that Having again this this group, the online B group, were more they they understood, and they were there. They um, so there's really this depth in this group, uh, which means that I have real 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 friends, uh, yeah, around Europe, and also when I connect with people like here, I feel I have friends uh, around the world, and that's very special for me. Um, How was it then to start your own group? Because obviously you're you, you're talking about the impact that you were uh, you had as part of a group that was run by someone else, but now you're stuck. You've got your own group that you both run. How does that? Is that very different? How do you get that that same, I guess, vibe if those people aren't part of the hive? If that makes sense. Yeah, we have talked about that before, haven't we? That in some ways, I mean, I sort of I speak for myself. I feel on quite a different level from a lot of. Well, it's a small group, but from the other woman. Um, and again, you know, just really privileged to have been able to dive into things the way that we have over the, that year. And I'm sort of encouraging the other woman, you know, please get on Lighthouse or, or Gateway or whatever, because you'll, you know, you, you can access this depth of conversation and, and the support that's there. Um, and I just wish, you know, for them that they would engage more with the childless community um, but of course you know it's up to them in, in their own time and stuff but I do feel on a bit of a different level do you Cecilia I mean I guess we've got yeah. things to offer we've got a lot of resources and a lot of recommendations to make um, you know you should read this or da -da -da. and just being there for support in our WhatsApp group but it's not that active actually no, and I think that's maybe the the challenge as well. That we, I mean, we don't offer the same thing. We we just offer meetups, yeah. um, and and um, and maybe they don't at the moment see the they don't necessarily see the need, and is and 
for this kind of process either. Um, so it's also being there for what in for, for what they need. Um, and yeah, and I think we talked a bit about that, and I don't know whether that's part of it as well. I mean, we as Danes are sometimes seen as very reserved and very introvert. Um, so it's sometimes very difficult also to get the conversation started at, at all. Um, um, I don't know. Um, so because we we talked a bit about it also uh, at one of the meetups that that we were actually a bit struck that we don't that we're not more people that that want to attend and um, there is a private uh, Facebook group in Denmark and there's hmm. many two hundred members or something hmm. crazy yeah yes. and we advertise what we're doing and and no one no one takes it up you know and obviously they've sought out the group you know to join there must be some sort of need there but and we're trying to nut it out yesterday what is it in Denmark that that creates this situation but and Cecilia and an older Danish woman have, have tried to nut it out as well haven't they what what what's peculiar about Denmark that they won't come forward even though they've obviously seen a need by joining the Facebook group mm. and we haven't yeah. figured out how why sorry go ahead Sarah that's okay sorry I cut you off you were going to say something no, I just said we we haven't really figured out what's and I and I know we've also talked with other people who started up groups and it takes a long time to get the groups going and so so maybe that's just part of it and mm. and maybe we haven't been good enough at sharing what's going on and and how it's helpful and so on and maybe it's also about I mean back to maybe we don't just connect with everybody and it's I mean just because we're childless doesn't necessarily mean that we we feel we can connect um, so yeah. No, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I think you've been very hard on yourselves. <laughs> um, you know, I, I obviously, as a counsellor, I talk to lots of people about their childlessness. And I, I do think actually, um, there's a there's a couple of levels of things that go on for people. It's number one, I've got to accept that I am part of this community, but I, it, it's also, I think as well, a little bit of the school of the hard knocks, isn't it? Because we have to learn by experience who can be trusted with our feelings and who can't. And mm. I'm yet to meet anybody that's not had a bit of a battering and a bit of a bruising by trusting someone that potentially couldn't handle what they were sharing. So I, I think I think you've been quite hard on yourself because it's not like rocking up for a dog walking uh, club, is it? Mm. There, there's levels of stuff that you have to deal mm. with before you go, do you know what, actually, I, w- I, w- <laughs> I will go out with these people. I will try and connect. Yeah. Um, and it's... Very true, I think, because we also talked about that we've also lost, uh, both of us talked about yesterday, that we've lost uh, friends that we had that are childless and that they, or at least I sometimes feel that maybe it's because they can't, they, when we start sharing our grief or about childlessness, it's, they can't, they can't cope with it uh, somehow, mm-hmm. as you say, Sarah. So, so there's so many levels of, of grief, of identity in, in this um so um, yeah many layers into this it's tough what sort of stuff do you get up to what do you do when you're going when you're doing these meetups well around summer before everyone buggers off for their summer holiday because Denmark sort of comes to a close over summer Mm -hmm. we try and organize something before everyone goes talking of which Cecilia we need to (laughs) 
get cracking on that one. Um, and then Christmas is really big in Denmark, so which is lovely. You know, we try and organise a Christmas look. Um, last year we went quite so successful again because it's so big and everyone's so busy with you know Christmas arrangements and whatever. Um, but yeah, just general open and, and open space meetings, um, picnics, and or in a cafe or something like that. It's pretty low key, Sarah. Um, at the moment, yeah. yeah. Um, and we yeah, and we've had the we've had the. I mean, when, you've been very good at at uh, putting uh, photos at our Instagram profile, but that's not so much about the meetup. But I but I see a lot of people also from around here follow what's happening there as well. But yeah, um, yeah. actually, when we first started um, the Sun Nine Place, we well I. We, I, I, I can't remember, uh, connected with a Swedish woman that was doing some stuff um, and was interested to come. Do you remember? She was interested to come to Copenhagen and actually meet us and be here for one of our yeah. white yeah, meetups. But I think pandemic and that got in the way. And then we also had a Zoom with a great uh, Finnish woman just out of Helsinki who was quite active in her community. And she was, you know, she gave us a lot of tips actually about what she had been doing and what we could be looking at. And, um, so there was an idea to make it more of a Nordic thing also, but yeah, with a um, emphasis on Denmark for us. But oh, yeah. it yeah. has been a, it's been a slow moving train, but um, yeah, yeah, and we've had things going on, you know, Cecilia with her hearing loss and, I've had various things going on as well. You know what it's like. Um, yeah, I think we. I had at least time to do more. Yeah, than we did, or I did because of. Yeah, I had. Yeah, I had, had to deal with that grief or that loss as well before being able to do something new about this or more about this. It's a lot, isn't it? I'm. I'm really struck by your. Um, although you're sort of saying, "Well, this has happened. This has happened." I'm really struck by the fact that you're still turning up. You're still doing it. You're still. We're still here, people. We're still here if you need us. So it's, although I hear what you're saying about, well, you know, the first year, you know, we, we organised this thing and we didn't have anybody, but the next year you had six. So, and the next year, presumably, mm. you have more and more and more. So it feels as though the consistency is the real, the real key part because you're both still turning up, doing it, even though you're saying, well, you know, we're not sure, we're not sure what people are looking for. But I think, you know, in terms of, you mentioned forgive me I think it might have been Janine mentioned sort of people can be a little bit introverted about this what would be your tips for people because it can be quite daunting can't it coming along to this these groups you know as I was saying it's not a it's not an easy process what tips would you give people because obviously you're still you're still rocking up you're still doing it what what would you advise them if they were like oh you know I'm feeling a bit tentative about it what would you say I think maybe just show up and you know that you don't have to say anything just be there and and be a, be a, like a guest and observe and and find out what's happening you don't have to say anything at the first or second meetup and so just no, uh, just come and be just yeah. be and just meet some other people yeah. I, that's difficult for me Sarah I mean I'm listening to last week's episode with Karen I mean I'm I'm like Michael I'm an extrovert you know if I if something's being organized for a bunch of childless women, you know, not by choice, I'm there, you know, and I, I, I travel a lot and everywhere I've gone, I've, I've connected with so many people in our community. Um, 
I even invited myself to stay with someone in, in Melbourne for three or four nights that I've never met before, apart from on 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 Zoom during uh during lockdown. And as Michael knows, I was a bit nervous. I was like, where am I going? I've never met this woman before. And what if it doesn't work? And Michael was very good at calming me down. And it was absolutely fantastic, you know, and we had had quite a laugh about our childlessness can you believe I hope I'm not being offensive to anyone listening to this but it was really nice to be in a position with someone where we could actually have a bit of a laugh and take the piss out of ourselves a wee bit <laughs> the normal tropes that get flung at childless woman um that was Penny Penny Rabbit so I think you've had on the podcast and had a bit of a laugh but so it's a bit difficult for me to answer that because it's just so not me but all I could say was just come and be as Cecilia said, you don't need to say anything, you don't need to share anything, you don't even need to talk about it if that makes you more comfortable, if you just talk about everyday stuff. I don't know, what would you say to your clients, Sarah, if, if one of your... Oh, well, do you know what, I love that, I love what Cecilia said, just give yourself permission just to turn up, really, isn't it? As it, you know, we, we talked about this last time, but I am quite introverted, so... You know, at the beginning, it took a lot for me to turn up to these things. And, you know, I'd, I'd be the shadow in the corner going, right, I'm just looking. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit scary, a little bit unsure. But I think it is that first tentative step. Just give yourself permission just to, if I go for five minutes, that's a win. If I go, if I stick around for half an hour, that's an even bigger win, isn't it? But even just going is, is a big deal, I'd say. And, you know, perhaps for the introverts like myself perhaps be a little bit more janine you know <laughs> rock up also, michael said last week take a rest yeah just mm-hmm. put right. out there. you can just take a rest because it's that's going to be rewarding yeah and not as cecilia said not everyone is going to be our cup of tea just because we're childless mm-hmm. but eventually you'll find someone and the sense of belonging and and as you guys keep saying of not being alone it's the healing factor in all this mm-hmm you know um having a community or and even just one mate that you can text at work or something it's like oh god you know baby shower or you know whatever at work um because i think you know that's that's what we've all struggled with right for so long and i struggled with it for 10 odd years almost nine years of just thinking I was alone in all of this um and i took this drastic step of buckering off to the other side of the world you know, if I'd known there was some sort of community in Sydney that I could have relied on, I might never have come here. But then I wouldn't have met. I'm glad you didn't know. I'm glad you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have a we have a question from the audience. Yes. And the question is, in relation to your childlessness lived experience, what one piece of advice would you give your younger selves to help you weather the storm of childlessness? Find people like you, and we're we're everywhere. Yeah, there's there's a lot of us, so you will get through it. I mean, I know that's kind of might sound trite to someone that's going through the worst of it. I don't know, Cecilia. What was? Yeah, I yeah I could say the same thing about you will get through it. I would say that to my younger self as well, but also that that just be yourself and 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 be in the grief because I think some some of the things I reflected upon was I, I tried so hard to be some be be happy while I was going through the grief I tried so hard to make an effort to 
to do something extra, extra because I didn't have children. I don't have children. Um, so just, and it's, I mean, in some way it's like very, very simple, very cliche, just be my, be who you are, but be with what there is, be, endure the grief, but you will, the grief will always be there, but it will be, there'll be laughter and there'll be good times again. Also find people who, who understand who, who do, who have different lives, who have children. I also very much enjoy that I have friends who have children. I had, we had one, a, a friend's child staying during COVID because her parents lived in Melbourne at that time. So she stayed with us for two months because the school in Denmark closed down. So that become a very, it became a very long answer, but, but, but be, be true to yourself with the grief and, but also that you will get through it. And yeah, sorry for a very long answer. I love that. I love that. It's about giving yourself permission again, isn't it? Yeah. Be who you're not, I guess, and making yourself feel 10 times more uncomfortable by putting yourself in positions that you don't really want to be in. Oh, yeah. I've done a lot of avoiding positions I don't want to be in, for sure. Um, And, you know, it's been really easy for me coming to Denmark and I'm wondering about now returning to Australia and in, in that when I came here, I could completely hit the reset button. So I just sought out other childless friends or child-free friends. You know, I've deliberately moved away from, so, I, you know, I haven't really had to deal with it in the last 10 years, to be honest. Not, yeah, not too much anyway. Um, but, but, yeah, giving yourself the permission to say no. What, what did someone say last night in our hive call? No is a sentence. No mm. is a whole sentence. <laughs> I like that. Um, to not turn up to things if you're not able to. Mm. Um, I think also for me, going the question going through the storm of childlessness, I think actually, I mean, it takes a while and, and it certainly took me years and years to get there and I'm not saying to rush it or anything but I think one of the biggest things that helped me get through my shitstorm or get to the place that I'm at now was actually opening up about my childlessness it's one of the most healing and empowering things I could have done and, and again you know that was through the article that I shared the Cecilia's article and and then what happened thereafter um, and we all take out you know we all have our time frames and that and I'm, for some people it may never be appropriate but for me it's just been so empowering and getting this I think one of my biggest aspects of the grief was not being understood acknowledged or recognized um, or heard seen you know all those things that are so important for us um, and an opening up I, I just got some amazing responses from parent friends out there also quite a lot of silences but enough responses to you know I, I sort of feel like this um what do you call it monkey was lifted off my back and that I could start living an authentic life actually you know for years and years what are you doing in Denmark oh Anna's father's very elderly so we thought it was time to to come home and be with him had nothing to do with it um although that was a, a nice side bonus kind of thing um but now I'm very open about it and I'm very open about it at work. And, you know, a young thing that um, a young colleague at work that I was open with, she revealed that she had a stillborn at four or five months. 
and she never ever talks about it and no none of her friends are, are interested whatsoever um so we had this you know massive connection she, she's young every possibility she'll go on to have children but she had a very similar experience and it's only by being open about it that you know you give permission to, for other people to be open about it as well and start start talking about their experiences and I just I don't know if it's you Cecilia but for me because I've spent so many years with this hidden kind of secret that I never talked about I just found it really really healing and it's really pushed me along in that kind of journey for the want of a better word um, into the place that I am now yeah so I can I can I continue absolutely um, yeah so I think I so much agree about the openness um and um and also because I actually was quite open with my with my uh, friends in the beginning but it also helped me when I started saying yeah saying no when people were talking too much about their uh, children themselves and saying we need to talk about something else and I was thinking when you were talking also that something else I mean being open but also using our we all have creativity and using our creativity in different ways. I mean, uh, Danina and I are talking about the writing, but other people have been using singing or uh, drawing or whatever. And I think for me, at least, starting using hidden or forgotten ways of being creative have helped me a lot. I had never, I mean, I've never thought that that would help me, but the, that creativity helps me a lot. Um, and I would, I think I would advise a younger self to, to find those creative sides again. Yeah, true. The community blows me away, actually. I think there's so much talent in our community, you know. Um, you just see some amazing stuff. And, yeah, I, I would really encourage that as well. And, and I, you know, I've always had ideas about writing ever since I was very young. And it's only recently through all of this that I've actually started writing. Um, so one of the things we'd like to be able to do is um, if you've got if you two have those links to those articles that you wrote, if they're still available, please let us have those and we'll put those in the show notes as well so that um, yeah people can who are listening to this podcast can actually uh, yeah read your stuff. That'll be mm. great. Mm. And um, it's so good that you guys are creating more community more out there for us to to all come together well yeah, yeah. Um, um that's one of the things that we we not to take it away from you too but that's one of the things that we're really excited about is lis listening to your explanations of what being part of a community has done for you just reinforces to to us that you know that it's it's important because not every community you're gonna you know you're gonna sort of resonate with so the more communities are out there the the more it can be and um yeah, we would hope to attract more guys into the group because yeah we we probably uh, I, I can't i don't know what the right words are my simple brain is saying that we are we are terrible at making connections um and uh but at the same time i can tell you that in the childless men's community it is all the time there are guys just saying this is the best thing that's ever happened i, I really needed this place mm -hmm. and um 
yeah, it just it just goes to show that take that risk and be part of something. Because yeah. as my mum used, sorry, sorry, Janine, but as my mum used to say, and I'm not quite sure if this is appropriate, but she used to say, "Well, what's the problem? Is it life threatening? Really?" You know, it, 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 um, when we make, when we're scared of making decisions, you know, like, r- really? Is it, is it life threatening? Mm, I don't know if that's, that's appropriate, but that's what I keep in my mind all the time when I take risks. I just go, yeah, no, nah, it's not. So I'm going to take a risk. Some of them paid off, by the way, but the. <laughs> I'm glad you can't be at it, Pat. Oh, wow. What, what have you guys got coming up then for your your meetup groups? Have you got any plans? What, what have you got anything that you're going to be organising? What does it look like going forward? Well, so I think oh, yeah, yeah. you go. So I think actually we need to we, we're going to have a summer thing, summer event happening very soon that we need to plan, and then I think we need to have a good good talk through about how we're going to do it going forward because we're going to miss Denin here in our northern hemisphere very soon so we need to figure out how we're then going to do it because I think I actually I have very I mean I know that my friendship with Denin will will continue but I but I and I think as a strength or one of the things I enjoy also with our community here in Denmark is that it's not only Danish but it's a mixed community of Danes and internationals and so on. And I think that's a lot of what you also ensure that that happens, Janine. Um, so we need to, I need to figure a way out uh, doing that because I'm not sure that at least you can't be face to face going forward when you move down under. No. Um, so we need, we actually need to sit together, I think, and I would need your help, Janine, and how to plan it going forward. But also, I, I mean, I think it's so great that you're making this new community, Michael, Sarah, and Perenis, because I think we need another community. I was thinking about what I mean for all of us. In the end, it's all about relations. It's, um, and we need to have more relations and where we can connect with each other um, in different ways and where we, where we feel safe. Um, mm. So, and I've, yeah. So I can see a, I can see an Aussie I can see an Aussie Danish group happening here. I can I can see <laughs> that you two are going to bridge bridge the fourteen thousand miles or whatever it is. Yes, international. We'll make something friendship. Yeah, something. Uh, yeah, something that I'm not invented yet. We will do. We will make a we'll make it possible for you to to jump back and forth between Australia and Denmark. Well, Anna and I are trying to work out how can we do a six month. Thing, you know six months in Australia six months in the Danish summer because Denmark is wonderful over summer you haven't quite worked it out I think you need to be a gazillionaire don't you to have two houses and yeah I don't know how we're going to go moving forward um and I just had a thought actually the, the reason why the the group here in Denmark has grown you know it's all word of mouth mm. it's people talking to people say oh you might like you know it's knowing other childless women and um one at the moment is with a single childless colleague and she's sort of sussing out whether it's you know by choice or she has grief around that and she may bring her along to the picnic if if so so yeah i would love that we had a stronger group being part of your new community here because Mm. somehow I think we we would feel more part of this kind of community somehow so that would I mean having a 
yeah, group here would be good as well. Uh, that they could connect online as well and um, and face face to face as well. So mm. yeah. yeah. So it's on the change then. So is this going to be one big bash then in summer? Is it is it is it going to be like a a huge thing that you're you're going to organise? Because as you say, it's changing after that, isn't it? So sounds like a good excuse for a big bash. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if there's going to be time, but I wouldn't mind organising something just before I leave as well. Um, might be two big bashes, Sarah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, we haven't actually thought about it. Um, <laughs> and 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 you're sparing us to think about it actually, so it's good. Yeah. Um, Very good. Yeah. What I what I I think it's what Cecilia and I both feel too is that we've kind of. Um, did I say Cecilia? Did I say Sarah? What Cecilia and I are both thinking about is that we're both quite a way down or through with our childless grief, and we're also looking for communities that are, um, yeah, spaces within our communities where we can be a bit lighter and you know, and just mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and really have you know bring in us because I think we've all got great senses of humour and really have a laugh about things and get, just get back that joie de vie you know that we've that we've lost and because I, I feel that I, I was saying to Cecilia and I think she reminded me recently you know when I was down under at home recently catching up with people a couple of one friend in particular took me aside and sort of said you know took me by the shoulder and said you know you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders just let it go you know and that took me aback a little bit. And I thought, hmm, yeah. Um, there is a lot of, there are a lot of things to laugh about out there. And I, I would quite like to sort of have that amongst our community as well for those in that space. Um, while we, yeah. you know, we are dealing, dealing with serious issues, et cetera. But I just, yeah, looking for the joy, really looking for the joy at the moment. But I think that's another part of the community, though, because when you mentioned earlier that um, when you met Penny, um, can I can I just say, I told you so, didn't I? When you met Penny, yes, I had to send Michael a wee text. Ah, what am I doing? Um, but yes, you, you did tell me so. Quite right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry, I had to get that in. But again, we're having a laugh about it. Um, I, I think. Yeah, that part of the community is is also that you you feel safe to have that laugh. Exactly. You know, you you yeah. feel safe that I know that this will be received the way I intended it. You know, and so yeah, I I, I do I really resonate with that, and um, mm. I just hope I don't go too far sometimes. But anyway, I'll deal with that. Not from my experience. <laughs> and can I just say that you know when I in, in traveling around the world and meeting up with people that I um um had a wonderful afternoon with Michael and Vicky um it was very special and again just so easy wasn't it Michael so comfortable so it was it was trust, and lots lots of trust there um yeah and not not to take away from you two you two but that's one thing that I love. That's what, that's what, so I took that risk to just reach out to people and say, yeah, let, let, let's get together. It's the best thing we've ever done by far. Excuse me. <clears throat> it would have to have happened at least once in a show, but, but it's 
the best thing I've done so far because the risk paid off and and I, when someone says to you, I've never, and I've had this a few times, I've never spoke to anyone about this. We so actually I've, had, I've, actually had, I've actually had some people say to me they've never spoken to their partner about what they're talking to me about. Yeah. Is, you know, and, and again, being part of a community that understands each other, you know, that is that is that is special. And so, yeah, even though it's scary, it can be so, so beautiful. Mm. Really lovely and very, very rewarding. You know, and so, I have, you know, I have a friend, a, a good friend who's a mother in um, New Zealand that I stayed with for several days, and that was really lovely. She was very curious about this um, this online community that we all have, and um, she's going. She's in rural New Zealand, but isolated, not having a great time of it. And you know, she was really envious of us. She mm. wanted to be able to get online and reach out to people that she has, you know things in common with and get some real understanding and depth at the other at the receiving end. She was really envious that I had this at my fingertips. Um, yeah, we've just had it we've just had a comment pop up to say that it's lovely to see the depth of connection between between you two. Yeah. And I would have to second that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've been lucky. I mean as as I say, um we were the only ones in the same city in the hive, um, and we just connected. So, yeah, universe looking out there. But I, but I really second the whole thing about laughter and lightness, and because of course we there needs to be space for our grief and our individual differences and so on. But that that we can make a bit of fun about. I mean, and we don't have to be so scared of. Yeah, what we say, but we we actually we can yeah have a little fun as you. I mean, and Michael, when you tease Janine, I mean it's it's that's part of it as well that we can yeah because otherwise it becomes too serious and we become too too sad somehow. Or we heap. I mean, of course, we. I I think I will always carry the grief with me somehow. But if I sometimes we can also find good ways of laughing about the whole thing and laughing about. I mean, having laughs. Good laughs together and so laugh about life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I have absolutely no doubts that, you know, I'm 57 soon and I'm sure I'm going to be, you know, friends are soon going to start becoming grandmothers and whatnot, grandparents. And I, I'm sure I'm not going to be dealing with that very well. Um, so there'll be space, you know, there needs to be space to go back into that as well. But I think. Yeah, a bit of laughter, and um, and I think that's where you and I are at. When we meet, we have a bit of a laugh, and yeah, as well as um, creating space for for discussing difficult stuff. Difficult I love stuff. that. Oh. I think that's so true, isn't it? We we talk about the journey, but it's kind of that is part of it, isn't it? The grief is always going to be there, but it kind of shrinks, and then you've got room to have a laugh to you know connect with people. I think that's such an important thing to draw out because I think when you're at the beginning of it and everything, everything is really difficult and hard and dark, you can lose sight of the fact that well, at some point down the track, I'm going to be able to laugh again. And I love that you two have that, you know, you have that depth of connection that you build and now you can go, 
would you know what there, there is light in this as well as well as the dark there is plenty of light and sounds like your group is going to start to reflect that because you're like I think we need a bit more fun I think we need some laughs we need something extra I love that yeah it was interesting in reading when the hive met in real life it was a lot lighter and we did have quite a lot of laughs and yeah I mean that's great too because you, I mean, you're also giving um I guess giving people some inspiration and and hope that okay I know what they've been through I get it and look at them Wow. So you don't have to, you know, you don't have to say you'll get through it. They can actually witness for themselves that, oh, wow, that, that this could be me one day. Or they Absolutely. may choose to go, I'm going to be just like Janine one day. Also yeah, similar. and I mean, in terms of, you know, I have no big, personally, I have no big thing about leaving a legacy. I just have an idea that we're of dust and we come for a time which is quite short in the arc of time and then we leave um but if there was going to be any legacy it, it's somehow mentoring women behind or people behind us you know that yes we can you do get through this and you will find laughter again mm. um and that's what i'm interested in i'm interested in recovering a bit of old janine not not that I will ever be the same again. None of us ever will. But, you know, I think I'm richer in some ways for it. But I still would like, you know, a bit of the silliness and the giggles and the pranks. Cheekiness. There's <laughs> <laughs> always known as being very cheeky. Um, and I sort of, yeah, feel like I might have lost it a wee bit. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. So, yeah. so before we wrap up, um, mm-hmm. what, what's, what are you, what are you two got in 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 the future plans? What, so aside from the childless group, and we know you're coming to Australia, Janine. What about you, Cecilia? Not that I'm cutting you off, Janine. No, but, no. Um, so um, yeah, I have plans for for two writing projects. Uh, one about uh, my great grandmother who went to India to mission and um, and got to know Grand- Gandhi very, very closely um, and how this whole story tripled down in our family line. So uh, I uh, she married an Indian and my grandmother married an English and, and so on and so on. So I want to write about that. I've done a few pieces so far. And then I've also volunteered for uh, helping um, people who have been lost their hearing uh, or their hearing abilities um because they actually do some of the same things as 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 we do within our community they they think that uh, in this community that they need equals both professionals but also equals who have tried uh, losing their hearing suddenly um so i'll do that uh, yeah going forward and then i hope to travel a, a lot more again uh we've had a, a bit of pause on that the last couple of years but uh traveling to Australia to visit Janine, travel other places to visit some of the people I met through this. Um, yeah, that's some of the plans. Then we'll see what happens. And the second book project, not to forget, is about living an, a normal life as, as a childless woman. Uh, and there hasn't, I haven't seen any books written in Danish yet. So, and I went to a writing course 
couple of weeks back at uh, Karen Blixen, Isaac Dinesen's home in uh, Denmark. Uh, she wrote The African Farm or Out of Africa. Um, and I wrote some scenes for that. So yeah, some writing projects and some voluntary projects cool. and then some travel. Well, let, let us know when, when you have things moving along because we'd love to support you in, um, and, you know, in our way, help you get more exposure for your writing projects if you need it. So please let us know. What about you, Janine? Well, there was this monumental move. Um, I have a writing project, which is, uh, it's a kind of like a memoir-ish thing, but I just want to create a collection of little vignettes, I think, um, of just, I've just had some amazing experiences. It just, yeah, one reason or another, just being at the right place at the right time. And I kind of want to talk about them. Um, with the thing of childlessness always being there in the background, but not not being front and centre, but the aim of the book would be to basically show, you know, that you can have a really interesting, fulfilled life without children um, still. And, um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. As, as I said to Cecilia, I've always had an idea about wanting to do a screenplay. I haven't gotten very with that around childlessness and I don't want any miracle baby at the end and again I want to be able to but I don't want pity and sadness either I want to just show what we've been talking about here that there is life after this and um kind of a can I say a happy ending in that respect you know what I mean um but yeah and I'm sick to death of not being able you know not seeing myself reflected in tv or film I want to see myself and, and our community up there on the screen. But, yeah, big big ideas, big ambitions. <laughs> Let's see. And, of course, I, being down under and being in my language and very much knowing how government works and stuff, I'll have, I believe, a lot more social capital, so I'd quite like to get involved in um, some stuff around childlessness, particularly in the workplace. I'd really like to raise issues about that and the ability for us to be working part-time, which... When I left, it was an absolute no-go unless you're a parent. Um, the usual crap that we get about, you know, having to take up the slack and not getting any more pay for it, not even being asked, you know, this kind of stuff. And I also met Donna Ward when I was in um, Melbourne. She's working on a lot of stuff around, it was particularly for single women, ageing women around um, housing, you know, because we have this housing crisis, Michael, in Australia and a lot of women are ending up in caravans, etc. I would really like to get involved with her over some of that kind of work as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the first thing I'll do when I get off the plane is get a dog, rescue another doggy. We lost ours here um, during the pandemic and maybe looking around cancer with kids and pet therapy or hospice work, you know, working with the dying and, and pets and things like that. Yeah, so just a mixture, same, very similar to Cecilia, a bit of um, voluntary work, a bit of writing. Don't know about travelling, but hard from there, as far as I can <laughs> recall. <laughs> um, travel in a different way, I guess. We'll be close to Tasmania and, of course, close to New Zealand, which will be fantastic. Um, yeah. And. Staying and getting connected with the Aussie bunch now and, you know, working with Penny and Liz with their initiatives and, yeah. Cool. Well, mm -hmm. look, thank, thank you both for joining us. It's been really lovely to, talking to you.
Thank you so much. Really, it was really, it was, it was, um, it's great to see you, Janine, as, as we had that lunch before. And, um, and uh, what people don't know is that Janine and Cecilia been, were very nervous about today, but I'm, I knew you'd be great. I knew you'd both be great. So it's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much it's for having really us. really a privilege. Yeah. yeah, an absolute honour. And yes, we were nervous Nellies, but there was no reason to be. You took and a risk. You told us, as you told we us. We took a risk. You yeah. took a risk. Thanks for listening. We were really inspired by Janine and Cecilia, and we really hope you were too. Now, we'll leave the links to all their work in the show notes, which can be found at our website, www.thefullstoppod.com slash listen. You can also sign up here to become part of our listeners list so you can keep up to date with what's going on. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and now even Threads. Now, we would love to see you be part of our online community. So if you're interested... Don't forget to pop over to the website and click Welcome to Our Community Space where you can have a look at some of the frequently asked questions and that video to take a peek inside. And lastly, it's important for us to let you know you are not alone.